Welcome to 7213, Honest Stories About Art and Film. I'm your host, Justin Reed. I'm a freelance filmmaker based in North Queensland, Australia, and this is the first episode. Uh, I'm joined today by two very special friends of mine. We've been friends for maybe three years now or so, I think. I'm not quite sure. And uh, basically, I launched the prologue last week, and I wasn't really sure what exact format this podcast would take. And I think it'll be a really cool experience of just trialing things out because this is all pretty new to me. I've, you know, created documentary films in the past where I've interviewed people, but rarely do you get to have such a casual conversation with people and not have to worry too much about editing out their answers and just, you know, letting the story flow. So today it is Thursday the 19th of March and the coronavirus situation is still ramping up uh, here in Australia. Things haven't changed too much in the last few days, but it seems like everything might be shutting down pretty soon. Uh, we're unsure what the future looks like. I have friends that have not only lost work, but lost up to six months of work. And already before most people have even really been affected by this pandemic and affected by the economic fallout, there are people whose entire lives have been turned upside down overnight. Uh, as we're recording, we're sitting in a friend's office space. It's really, uh, we shut the curtains and we didn't turn the light on, so it's really nice and kind of relaxed in here. There's some workers hammering outside. We may hear a bit of them every now and then. I won't apologize for that because I really like environmental sounds. And it seems like there may be some rain coming as well. So yeah, all in all, it should be a pretty interesting uh, first podcast. So without further ado, we'll get straight into it and I'll introduce my friends Alex and Cody from Late November, which is an indie band. So uh, I'll let them introduce themselves, I'm sure. A lot of my early listeners know who they are, but for those who don't, we'll start from the start and get into it. So Alex, uh, welcome, and Cody, welcome. Thanks. What's <laughs> up? What's up, guys? <laughs> Feeling very Joe Rogan right now. That's weird. Well, I'm just, I've just shaved all my head off, and I believe <laughs> everything that everyone <laughs> tells me. You shaved all your head off. I shaved head. all my head off. <laughs> Monty Python style. <laughs> you seen that? And he's like, anyway. Yeah, no, that's fine. Hey guys, I'm Alex. I like Monty Python. Are we getting into the intro? <laughs> yeah, stuff? yeah. We'll get hey into guys, it. I'm Alex. Um, I like Monty Python. I base my life off Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it, so that's interesting. Um, so <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Tell us about your creative career, or you know, hobby, whatever it is. However you define you just it. You fucking call my career a hobby, you I, dog. I did. Be, well, I want you to define it. Yeah. Um, I yeah, definitely started it. Music started as a hobby for me, for sure. But then once I met certain people <coughs> and, uh, you know, developed a pretty close bond with them and the music, I kind of slowly discovered that there is a gateway into a career for this sort of thing. So now here I am pursuing music as a career. So tell us about your band and what role you play in the band. I'm in a band called Late November where I guess we'll just kind of steer ourselves towards the indie genre. Indie's not really a genre, but we just call ourselves an indie rock band. It's yeah. a nice, I think it's a nice um, umbrella to place yourselves under. Yeah. Um, you 
kind of explore different subgenres, I guess. Yeah, right? for sure. But I suppose that's like it's just like calling yourself alt rock, you know, yeah. in a way. So yeah, it's like we really we draw from you know heaps of different kind of we all listen to different stuff, so it all naturally contributes to the weird sort of unique sound that we make, which is late November, the indie rock band. Sweet. And you're the singer and rhythm singer, guitarist. Rhythm guitarist. Occasionally I do some, oh, the, the whole band kind of shares intricate leady parts every now and again. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, I just say I'm the rhythm guitarist Sweet. and lead singer. That's all new information to me, so it's very exciting. Here we are, <laughs> Here we are dropping truth bombs. <laughs> I think I just whistled through my teeth then. <laughs> Good, keep it coming. And Cody, tell us about yourself and yeah. your role in the band and music. So I'm, I'm Cody, and uh, I play bass in Leitnov, and um, as well as try to make the best content I can for Leitnov, I guess, and help steer it to where we all want it to go. What does that mean, content? What does that look like? Um, promote Mostly promotional stuff. So um, posters and any film stuff that he's doing or I'll like try and organize somebody to do that if like uh, we just, um, oh, maybe last year around Christmas we dropped. Uh, it was December 27th, wasn't it? Yeah, lucky he knows. I, I got no idea. What are we talking about? Caitlin. Caitlin. <laughs> we are uh, dropped the Caitlin music video, and um, damn right we did. I, I was right I was did. in that, so I had to like me me and Alex wrote out the whole idea for the thing, and I um, had to find somebody to film it, and yeah. So I guess that's kind of my role, yeah, doing that a, kind of stuff. We, and put, a, we put a lot of thought into some really silly shit and take it very. Yeah, there's something so beautiful about taking something really silly and taking it really seriously if that makes sense that's kind of like the underpinning of my career is like <laughs> the only things that have ever gotten any traction or any interest from people are like the things that were just ridiculous yeah. especially anything you hate if you hate something you make i think it's guaranteed to do well <laughs> you know not hate in the like it's a great quote from the chats <laughs> they're like i can't quote it exactly but i think i saw it in their instagram they were like if you do something with a little amount of effort it'll probs turn out a bit better than if you'd put a lot of effort into it <laughs> i think so beautiful i think that's a really good point that like they put it in that kind of like jokey way but i was i read this post from this graphic designer who said um like quantity is better than quality and you know that's kind of the opposite of what we think we like if we're artists or creative professionals we think that we have to like you know create this like really high standard of work but in saying that like i'll put it to you this way if i said write, you have three months to write the most perfect song versus you have you ever three heard months. wait bro <laughs> 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 fucking track five lost in the debris do you need bop it bro do you need healing <laughs> <laughs> um do you uh yeah anyway i mean okay that's the other thing about alex he's a professional derailer of conversations <laughs> But happy I, to be but, a board boys. But I'm never swayed because I don't really care about anything that I'm you talking about. You ain't got about. all the answers, swayed. <laughs> you ain't got the answers, swayed. <laughs> See that just derailed you. Anyway, yeah. back um, to what we were talking quantity about. Quantity over quality. If I said you've got three months to write the perfect song and you go and spend your entire three months just focusing on one song, versus I say you've got three months to write twenty songs. Sure, those twenty songs might not be as perfect if that even exists, which it doesn't, as that. 
you know, one song, but you've created such a body of work within that time. You've been able to learn new things, fail more, experiment yeah. more, and you'll come out looking, uh, I don't know, like a lot more professional rather yeah. than so- someone who takes forever to get things done. Yeah, for sure. And well, you mentioned Kanye as well. He, you know, his kind of like magnum opus that people talk about was the My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy album. Yeah, you so know, good. Pitchfork, 10... I'm not 10. even a Kanye fan and yeah, I like, really like you know, that. Album. Everyone like looks at that as like it was it was like a, a major motion picture. It mm. had all these features, it was like art yeah. directed in this crazy way. It had this 30 minute short film that went with it. But what's crazy is he spent all that time on that and that album rap doesn't sound anything like that album now. Yeah. It was his next album, Jesus, which he recorded in like ten days or something and had like a <laughs> fraction of I the effort put into it. And that's what rap sounds like now. Did he do that in 10 days? He did it in like 10 days. That's he was ridiculous. still writing. Is that confirmed? He was still, That's yeah, yeah, yeah. insane. Uh, it might not be exactly 10 days, but it was like a matter of weeks yeah. versus um, well, fantasy, with dark like fantasy, quantity which was... quality, bam. E- exactly. Right and like, you know, uh, like we think of these like masterpieces as like taking forever, Sistine Chapel, whatever. I don't yeah. really care for art in that regard, but... yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, like if I went back and listened to Jesus now, there's more in it for me than what's in yeah. Dark Fantasy. It's almost like there's like an urgency to it, whereas Dark Fantasy is kind of like it's like the Sistine Chapel. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, cool, that took forever to you to make for you to make it, but like it it feels old. It feels yeah. like classical in a way mm-hmm. that isn't like hasn't stayed current, hasn't influenced people in a major way. Yeah. Well, I don't know for sure, like. Just in regards to the quantity over quality thing, I think having put out that first EP and, you know, watching it not meet the expectations is kind of like, you know, following that route, you kind of realize that all the cliches that people say about failing, you know, you, you know, you have to fail to learn and, you know, you hear all these things and you're like, okay, yeah, righto. Yeah. And then... And then you do it and then you fail and you're like, oh, they're fucking right. (laughs) (laughs) Like no wonder everyone says this all the time because they're so right. And yeah, you just, we just, you know, just kind of were like, you know, we need to just write more and put out more content because people, I don't know about, I can't speak on behalf of everyone, obviously, but I fucking will. No, but I'm (laughs) kidding. I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but even... Even if I don't necessarily like something that an artist has put out, I still appreciate that they've put something out and given me a library to draw from, you know what I mean? Like yeah, a, a like, gallery. Yeah, I like I like that idea. You know, like, you know, like a Queens of the Stone Age, one of my favorite bands of all time. I don't like half of their shit, you know? But I'll go through like every album and pick out like some of my favorite songs and and even like songs that you don't like, like they, there's always something to draw. You, yeah. Like, like you know, you might not like the melody. You're like, oh, this song sucks because of this melody or whatever. Yeah. But this groove right is day. sick. Like, yeah. yeah, and yeah, yeah. You hear oh, it I suppose right I was kind of like Remo Drive when you showed me Remo Drive, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I can get around. I, the I watched the, and then the live mm. audio tree of them, and I was yeah, like, which was, that turned it for yeah. me. Yeah, I was and like, then I went back and really rad and then to their songs, and I was like, oh, I only like two of these songs. Yeah. But, but like, I, you appreciate when you, it. When you learn more about like the context of those sort of bands, 
you know, when he first listened to stuff like that, you're like, why are they, why are they singing about this, you know, whiny sort of stuff and why does it sound like this? And then yeah. I learned more about the band. I'm like, oh, they're, you know, they're striving for this. That's fucking rad, you know? Yeah. Uh, look, that's that uh, quantity over quality thing also comes back to like social media content is like mm. we think that we have to curate this and this is probably more for you, Cody, but I think we have to curate this like perfect like timeline and like all the content has to be really great but i think like in my experience what i want from other people and creators is i want to see the process like i want to see what's going on i don't necessarily want to see like the most like slick production and everything Mm. like that which is kind of weird because the only like stuff that i do is the really slick production stuff but it takes a lot of work like you know creating a music video versus like just going and filming guys like hanging out like that stuff headlights is doing those vlogs like shit that's so much easier than what i do (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) as as well as like with like the whole like behind the scenes aspect i guess like it's very like humanizing for people to see like like oh like Mm. they're creating like even if it is like not as perfect as like the creator intended it to be it's like oh well like, you can see that they still give a shit and they yeah. they're still trying to make this into something and like you know you're seeing them like you know work through it and struggle through it and stuff and yeah that, like for me watching stuff like that and then going back and watching the project whatever they did yeah. like, whether it be a film or an album like I appreciate it so much more because it's like oh this is like where they struggled with this bit here like the where they didn't know like the keys were gonna play or something and yeah I guess like it makes you think a lot more intentionally about all the decisions that it's it's changed my process seeing other filmmakers create you know and like i i especially really appreciate for anyone who's interested in film out there um criterion.com is basically the criterion collection it's a a project started by some i I don't know who it is but they're like a i guess they're a not-for-profit company in the usa who revives really old classic films and also gives special releases to more recent films more art house stuff um you know some really seminal works in film history and the stuff that they write about the films and how they work with directors to you know re-release these new versions is is so amazing and and they they really care about it and and that to me is almost more important than having the films themselves to watch you know like having a resource where you can see your favorite director your favorite musician talk about their process Mm, and talk about what they do um it's you know it's it's unparalleled in terms of learning and Mm -hmm. and and adapting adopting sort of a philosophy on how to create yeah Yeah. exactly and like even like um like tour vlogs and stuff like that i see bands put out like they they're just so cool because it's like oh you know they didn't just go and like play these shows they like had like such a good time doing it and like all these experiences and stuff and like yeah you witness like the camaraderie yeah 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 comrades and like you feel a bit more and it just a bit more connected you just get prepped for the red sun (laughs) with your comrades oh god sorry go on (laughs) you you feel a bit more connected than like just going and seeing the final product whether that's like a show or like a i don't know an album or whatever it's really weird like Mm. i guess yeah i definitely feel that way like sometimes the final thing is I don't know, it's like kind of, I keep saying this about culture in general lately, but it's kind of sanitized. It's it's kind of, 
sterilized in a way everything has this perfect like commercialized sheen yeah and we all i think we all feel it like when i look at my instagram timeline i'm like this doesn't feel this ain't it chief like this Mm. this doesn't feel like cohesive enough this doesn't Mm. feel like a professional's instagram feed which is you know 10 years ago that wouldn't have fucking mattered that's just not an important thing but now it seemingly is an important thing but i also think that there's like a real benefit to being yourself you know like and and just putting it out there and i guess you know that kind of speaks to why this podcast even exists this is literally my third attempt at starting no fourth attempt at starting a podcast I've recorded the first episode of three different ones and they didn't, they just didn't pan out because I was trying. They didn't have the jazz. It it was the jazz. Yeah. The chaos wasn't there. The chaos factor, the Joker. We weren't Joker-fied enough. Shout out to Matt Chrisman. No one knows who that is, but go look up at Kushbom, C-U-S-H-B-O-M-B on Twitter. Um, You'll, you'll. You won't understand, but you know, you'll get a you'll get a good <laughs> You won't understand, but you'll get it. You won't understand, but you'll get a good insight into why I am the way that I am. Why I'm so <laughs> jokerfied. <laughs> we are all the joker now. Jokerfied.com. Jokerfied.com. I don't know what I that like is. This is a, I, feel I like do it's not a weird, endorse that I website. Feel like it's a weird that could be like a weird ad fan read. fiction. This like. is an ad read. This is an ad read for jokerfied.com. I'm hoping that, that it redirects sponsor. to burn, berniesanders.com. <laughs> Um, so it's like nude fan art of Joaquin Phoenix. Oh my god! As the Joker, that it definitely exists on what's that? Um, that digital art platform that people deviant art. Deviant art. Yeah, yeah, look, it's in the name, deviant art. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn deviants. Yeah, I think deviants. Sorry, what were we just talking about? I think we deviated a bit too we much. We definitely then. deviated from from. We what were we talking, talking about. about. Yeah. Uh, Come on, Justin, you said you weren't so easily swayed. I deviated. Uh, I no, but I wanted to deviate. That's no, the difference. It definitely took you off the no, road. We were talking about like Hell the, the Instagram feed, like feeling like you want to have this like perfectly curated feed. Hmm. And I think when we look at, um, you know, those like, uh, maybe it's just photographers and filmmakers especially, but those really like well done feeds and hyper curated feeds, like it feels really cool. Like it's really interesting to look at, but it also kind of like, I don't know, it's a bit blends into one. It, it has this like sameness to it. So there's a battle, I think, between wanting to establish this like design uh, sensibility about what you do and, and make sure that your social media presence, your website has this like cohesive feeling, but that you can also be like, you know, the, the crazy artist inside of you that you, that you desire to be. Because mm. in the last, I'll give you an example, in the last week I've gone from, learning how to design websites to starting a podcast to uh, writing scripts for short films, mm. you know, like how do I fit all of those things into one, one Instagram feed? Yeah. Maybe you can't, then you have five Instagram feeds. <laughs> it's, it's such a, it's such a millennial problem, but you know, like that's kind of like the expectation I think that consumers have. Um, but then when you, like in my experience, have gone and started a filmmaking specific Instagram page, nothing feels good enough to go on there. And most people don't want to engage with it because it's impersonal. Mm. Yeah, I think like retaining vulnerability is like maybe pretty crucial. Like to me, when I look at um, photographers and like filmmakers, their Instagram, like that's the stuff that I want to see. So like, 
Maybe, and I know there's definitely a large part of the world that want to just see gear reviews and yeah. this guy has a red camera and a crazy gimbal and it's like, yeah, that was, that was me five years ago before I grew up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but like it's such, you know, low-hanging fruit is what I call it. Yeah. And, and no it's disrespect to those easy guys. Easy content. Yeah. 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 Cody and it's I not watching um, gear I think, and shit. I no, but I think reviews. that does like kind of <laughs> lean somewhere between art and, you know, not art, art and commercial work, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I guess all of us here have some element of commercialness to what we do, but yeah. we also probably more generally are artists. Um, ah, the great question. The great question. Well, literally, <laughs> yeah, that is. No, it's literally question. like the burning, like, it's the that split decision before you in the writing process and even in when you put stuff out yeah it's just like is this is this what people what want? i want versus what everyone else wants yep and when you're working as i do in a commercial setting yeah. you do have to let go of that there is and it's so some ego elements but when you're doing what you're doing with your music or with what mm. i'm doing with my personal films we should be taking complete artistic license i yeah. think yeah and telling people to just buy it as it is yeah, uh, was it you and I that were discussing Nirvana a while back? Yeah, I know and the whole Nirvana again. And and because that reminds me of that, and it's like they, how they were built on this. No, I shouldn't say they were say built it? on it, but they were like built. People, they're built up in the in in people, culture. People talk about them like they didn't give a fuck. But yeah, that's just they're like the most successful like how like rock band of the last like it 30 can't years. all be an accident, you know? Exactly. Like, I don't think so. Maybe it can. Well, but I don't think that can all be an accident that. No, you know, and they say definitely like they, they say those anti-frontmen like Kurt and you know Eddie Vedder and those guys that oh, like Eddie they Vedder. don't he really they don't like want to be ukulele album they like, don't want to be famous and they don't want this and they don't want that and they said but they you know like I think it's I think it's not true because I think there are some like really basic human um, psychological needs that we have is to be noticed yeah. and to be recognized and, and to remembered be as well remembered and understood mm. yeah. and i think i think with kurt i can't speak for him because i don't know kurt cobain i was born the year he died but i feel like if i could you know put on my psychology 101 hat um i think he was noticed but maybe not understood yeah you know i think he mm. he was very successful and his music came at the right time you know and he just had that right ability of being able to synthesize like the grunge aesthetic but make it pop like pop in the sense of popular yeah but as a person probably didn't feel very understood mm. and i think i can definitely relate to that and i think that's why we relate to to him and vincent van gogh you know like these like uh the big stories of this the failing artist the starving artist the mm. unappreciated artist and and there's two parts to that that i want to talk about that i believe really strongly about is one um i think it's kind of propaganda i don't know who is propagandizing us but probably ourselves mm. that we believe that that's how we should be yeah because yeah. that's a horrible existence and yeah, in a subconscious thing in a just yeah. society like we probably wouldn't need to work at all let alone work for our art and constantly be you know questioning our values or quote unquote selling ourselves out however we feel about that everyone has a different yeah you know like sort of um spectrum of where where they fall in that and two 
it's it's really prevalent and it's really like addictive to think that way but it's it and i feel like my entire life and career when i found music when i found art you know it was grungy music it was metal that, those kind of yeah. things i feel like i just bought into that straight away because yeah. it's the easiest thing to feel like you know aggrieved or feel like um no one understands you because they don't yeah so you fall into that typecast and maybe you continue that way forever and i'm sick of doing that i'm not saying we not saying we should all like not do art or whatever i'm saying like we need to figure out a way culturally how to value ourselves and each other and and demand more of this world that pretty much like relies on our art for entertainment for feeling good for being able to articulate emotions yeah Yeah, advertising as well like you know you go to a sporting game like if there's no music then yeah it doesn't sporting game (laughs) go to the the sports ball me and the boys are going to a sporting we're going to sports ball um yeah yeah and it just no but exactly i i've (laughs) been trying to fight that lately and it's such an uphill battle when your whole entire life you've just felt misunderstood so you act that way and everything you do is based off that including uh you know not uh valuing your art high enough not um charging enough for your services doing things for free for people who don't appreciate it not knowing the difference between an opportunity and someone taking advantage of you yeah interesting i was i went to this really weird meeting like about i think it must have been two years ago where, I don't know, it's just kind of like a friend. It was just like one of these weird money opportunities that was just like, oh, it was like a survey that we were getting paid for. I ended up getting paid in fucking coupons, the dogs. Anyway, <laughs> but I went to this I went to this meeting where they were surveying us and I didn't know what they were surveying us about, but I went there and it was, turns out it was about like the military and, and how or the military and say i'm not american the military but um the defense force. The, yeah the defense force and how how we can basically they were like asking us how we can make the defense force look more approachable and that and is so it's so interesting yeah, but evil but if you threw <laughs> yeah. enough money at me i'm talking <laughs> six figures yeah, yeah. we might be able to have a conversation but okay so it was like me and uh, these it was a really interesting group of people it was like people from different kind of workforces it was like tradies and stuff and it's like oh what would make you you know want to get involved this and what would make you want to get involved in this and it was like how big yeah how big a carrot could we dangle in front of you how big how big of a carrot could we dangle in front yeah exactly and it was, I was kind of, she, she, like, this this lady who was running it, she went around and asked everyone what they were doing and they were studying. And I was the only one who wasn't studying. I was part of a theater group at the time. And she kind of low-key, like, ridiculed me for it. She's like, oh. She was like, we were hoping just for, like, university students. I was like, well, I didn't get the memo. Here I am. And she showed us this video that made the defense law, the defense force look fucking epic. You know, it was like the explosions and the and the the crazy music and like and the, the heroism and all that and she was like oh you know what she's like looking for practical practical aspects of like what helps this is it you know the topics is it what's involved for you I and i was like i was yeah i was like it's the fucking theater and she kind of didn't understand me at first i was like oh. you just showed me like this movie of an ad 
I was like, what do you think is in encapsulating people's attention here? It's the art in it. It's like, it's not what they're talking about. It's how you've just portrayed it. Like it's, Mm, and that's not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not like, yeah, look, you can get as political as you like. I'm not trying to like down talk the defense force here, but I'm saying in this, just to, in a roundabout way, I'm just trying to say like art, encapsulates if you if people's you filmed, feelings for things you know and without it you're just left with boring shit and that's yeah. that's my statement <laughs> uh, that, no, but that, you just hit the nail on the head um marshall McLuhan, he was a i don't even know what he was some kind of theorist he had this it, and it was something to do with advertising specifically i think but he has this famous quote if you do if you ever study design or any type of like creative business or anything like that you'll hear and it's called the medium is the message and basically you've just hit the nail on the head it's not yeah. really the the practicality of what's happening in the exactly, advertisement yeah, it's a feeling because no advertisement one in that group was even interested based until on she played that video yeah. yeah it's exciting and it's like it's not just to say like people are easily swayed by like pretty things but mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's like you you feel something from it because it's been crafted in that way and that craft come from creativity exactly so yeah. you can't imagine some, that's like, what I tried to explain. some general and politicians sitting around being like oh let's do an ad about yeah. like let's do an ad about the military i've seen what our government has done in terms of like advertising the defense force yeah it looks like dog shit <laughs> it was like a 15 second like ad and it was just like stock footage of a tank and it was like you know like that stock music and i was like Wow, wow, man, you, you nailed <laughs> I feel, it. I feel like impacted. But in saying that, like, you know, not that this tangent is very important, but I yeah. saw an ad for, I think it was like the UK, uh, UK uh, Defense Force or Military, whatever they call it there, the other day. And it was, yeah, it was epic. I was like, this is amazing. You know, that is propaganda. <laughs> like talking about yeah. propaganda, that's straight up propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. But we are the propagandists like we are kind of co-opted into this um you know creating this work for these people yeah and not that it's that important of a topic right now but i try and have a a line of like who i will work with and who i won't work with and mm, yeah like i couldn't from from my own values i wouldn't engage in that work yeah. the uh, the hard thing about these days for the art as well I speak about it like I've been involved forever. Like what what I've noticed in my short time involved in the arts, like trying to pursue a career is like watching how art can be taken out of the hands of the people that created it and grossly misshaped into yeah. something to represent something that they don't believe in. Like it happens it's in politics. A, it's like, an allegory know, for like, like um, politicians and stuff will take someone's song and use it for their propaganda. And Born in the USA. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. And it's just like that artist probably doesn't agree with fucking anything that that person is talking about. But yeah. but if the yeah now are, yeah now it's like or you know? if they just do it. What if I'm you know like Tones and I or someone like that and you know the next like great. um you know, fascist politician rises up and use dance monkey and like, (laughs) you know, it goes viral, but like this guy's like a millionaire and like, I I mean, look at uh, Clive Palmer, for example, like he's rich enough that he's escaped any scrutiny or any like repercussions of the things that he's done. And again, we won't get into that right now, but that is a really interesting point. And I think it's true. Like, I I think it's an allegory for like Marxist thought in general about like the means of productions is 
uh, is like the workers, you know, create the value. Like labor is where the value is, but everything has been turned on its head under the sort of like neoliberal project of the last 40 years. All the money has gone to the top, you know, like the 1%, 99% or whatever. But mm. if the 99% just stopped creating, what would they do? That's my thought for all of you out there. <laughs> if you're listening to this in three months and the revolution is happening, you know, I'm just saying, what would you do? Jump on the forums. Jump on the... <laughs> Everybody sign up for www.https no, colon forward slash forward slash reddit.com slash r slash late stage capitalism. Let's see. Let's start a fire. Can't start a fire. Just so everyone is aware, posting is the only form of... Protest allowed. You are not allowed to enter the streets, but you can. Or you will be killed on site. We've been going for 40 minutes. All right, well, we better uh, take a word from our sponsors of today's episode. Yes, that's right. I've already got a sponsor on board. Late November is our sponsor (laughs) of today's episode. Controversial. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah, they've been co-opted for the propaganda of this podcast. No, like, we should we should get... Um, this is a fucking podcast? <laughs> we should get to that a little bit, I think. Um, tell me about what you guys have been up to lately. What's what's the latest news with the project? You know, we were going to be up to some stuff. Yeah, we had but a lot planned, but... Uh, fucking, unfortunately not. Yeah. <laughs> what What... Okay. Global let's start with let's crisis. start with global crisis. What is not happening anymore, and then go to what is happening currently. Well, so um, start with the bad. We uh, we were really keen to jump on uh, this uh, tour business that everybody's talking about. We thought we'd do one um, debut tour. Yeah, our first yeah. tour. Um, you know, we've paint the picture. People, we've seen people do the tours. And we're like, well, we can bloody do that. Paint the picture of what it would look like, so everyone uh, so can kind of imagine. We we're thinking of um. I don't know how many details we can get into because it probably will still happen, but just to the later date. But um, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> we'll probably we were we were, go- we were going to bring a, another local band with us, and um, entirely just say how many dates. Well, we're looking at or it was like four weekends, I think. Yeah, three to four, I think. Four weekends, two shows per weekend, which mm-hmm. is like we was as managed basically as many as many as we could manage. Yep. As many yeah. as we could manage and without lo- without losing so money, yeah, because yeah, we were self-funding it and we wanted to break even or, dare I say it, make money. Insane. So, insane. Yeah, were you, basically, is that possible to make money as a touring sure. band? Yeah, for it just sure. requires the work. Yeah. And yeah. What does the work look like Well, in that regard? Um, something that we've discussed uh a lot of we he means me and these guys yeah the 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 three of us as a as a unit i'm just so everyone's aware i'm acting as like a sort of arbiter of quote-unquote objectivity but i know the answers to all these questions the arbiter is from halo but it did exist as a concept before halo i really like the arbiter because it's kind of like a tragic anti anti anti-hero kind of story Mm. And he's an ugly alien, which is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but uh, back on track, tell me about the work that we were discussing about the tour. Yeah, so um, we had a meeting a couple, couple months ago, I guess. Around December 13th. Just around. around How do you know these exact Around this dates? exact date. Have you got trackers on us? <laughs> <laughs> it's called 
My brain is amazing. <laughs> anyway, I like um, this theory. About how to... Have you got a book about this? Can I... <laughs> can I do it? Sorry, go on. Um, about how to make profit, essentially, and how to... How to make profit as a band. As, as a band. As a creative project. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how to take Leitnov to the next level, or, or any band, but Leitnov was the... Rethinking the, uh, the Starving Artist Paradigm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Damn and, right. um, That's the book title right there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, we do. We you know came to the conclusion that merch and just like fleshing out content and putting value on on what you do. Oh uh, yeah, on what we do. So like you know, music video. That's that's pretty cool. We could probably sell that or like sell merch related to that or something. Like we could push things a bit more than just like for instance, while we put out the Caitlin music video could have easily done some theme merch but it just wasn't on our brains at the time so yeah, we just did brains <laughs> I, I, that's, that's really it like that's what i kind of said to you i'm like well it wasn't completely my idea it was just like synthesizing all these ideas everywhere else yeah. but someone just said to me i think it was Jaden, our friend Jaden. shout out Jaden. shout out Jaden. shout out native yeah. tongue shout out Jaden, aiden and hayden from <laughs> local bands um and he was like Oh, sick. They oh, got like 10,000 views on their video. Do they have any merch? And I was like, oh, yeah, like that would have been the perfect opportunity because it's like... Was this us? Yeah, you guys. Oh, yeah. Right. When you're like, you know, when you're a band, <laughs> like, like, oh, who's this band? Tell that's got to be the most eyes you've had on you in any type of like time, you know, at any time, at, at any one yeah, time. And sure. there's a real opportunity to sort of, you know, make some income some there. Money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like... I know that I think the music video was very low budget. Like it, it, oh, yeah. it, it wasn't like it was like, you know, a super high cost or anything like that, which is even more reason to do it. Um, and I'm just trying to re- rethink about ways like that, you know, like thinking about what people are doing with, with Patreon and, and kind of the content they share. And I think our first um, idea as the starving artists is to go oh we're already doing so much work but if we want to do a patreon we have to do even more work and my thought is like no if people are enjoying what you're doing like just you know set up the patreon take the pledges and then if they're going to pay you um that's great and then have a higher payment tier where if people really want extra then they can pay for it then they're proving we want this extra content you know yeah and and I I really like that idea, and I guess like that's still on the cards for us with with mm. music videos and and your band. Yeah, for sure. That's another thing that we've had to put off too, um, which we the band had a discussion about yesterday. Um, just like timelines for like this upcoming EP. Yeah. Um, like where the like it's the market for it now. We should push back a little bit, especially like we we're set to film the music video for special with you and um obviously Me. with with all all the stuff going on now that's mm. a bit a bit difficult to do mm. like the just background on concept that would require at least 30 to 40 50 maybe people involved and, and these people have to be willing to go outside yeah go outside know, be in all the ice and, and this is not yeah and this be is in contact with more people yeah exactly and yeah. it's just something that we can't yeah we we just can't risk it and it's also a lot of you know, like we'll all put in a lot of effort to make it happen and it's like we are all a bit uncertain about what is to come now, you know. Yeah. There's yeah. a sense that you want to carry on as normal but when nothing is normal and everything is changing every day, how do you carry on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so like we've just like had a big discussion about that, I guess, and I'm kind of 
like we're still doing the music video. Don't worry, it's coming. If it's not out by the time you're listening chill to this, out, everyone, everyone we're gonna oh, play healing. Calm okay, down. we're gonna Come play healing. Hey, 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 you. I'm talking to you. He's talking Hayden. to you. Hey, Aiden, Jaden, Jaden. Look at me. Yeah, but I'm um, darling. So nah, I guess that's like that's another one. That's for later. <laughs> in, in terms of scheduling and stuff, Fuck. just like reevaluating everything that we did have planned. Um, yeah, whether that be like you know a tour or um, release dates. Yeah, release dates. Um, printing merch, I guess. Like yeah, printing sure, merch yeah. because yeah. you know money is just actually can gonna we? be. Can we even ship merch around? Yeah, I would think so. But again, it's, it's a situation. little bit like it's all who's just so driving gray, it around. Like, well, so okay, to, so it has to hit a truck postal right? postal workers are still when, when's that going to stop though? You yeah, know what I mean, postal workers are still deemed as essential workers, I was, so yeah. still working. I was like looking at all these, like, because you know, obviously, uh, we're not the only artists who have realized that we're going to have to take to supply and demand type shit to you know, yeah, make Capitalism money from our art. Again. But like, who's moving this stuff now? Yeah, or is yeah, I think I think shipping and postage is still happening, and yeah. it. It depends. Like factory workers might be fine. And when we say factory workers, we're talking about merch printing is probably a few people operation. It's probably okay. Um, Because they're already like mostly isolated. Yeah, yeah. It's just them with each other. I mean, most people are working from home and there's a chance they might be able to as well. I've seen a lot of artists like still saying like, hey, still sending out shirt designs, still sending out prints and stuff. Just get in touch, you know, magazines and, and stuff like that but yeah, yeah I suppose I you can always order in advance if you really care about the band you can be like yeah oh, i'll order this now and when i well, can get it i'll get it you know that was mm. my kind Some of thought sort of pre-order thing but yeah like with an indefinite date because of everything that's going on yeah right? or even if it's just like a pre-order of like a fraction of the price or something yeah. like that oh yeah, yeah that'd be yeah. great yeah because you guys are both casually employed yeah right? everyone in the yeah, band is brother i think for for oh, anyone wow, listening mate. at home oh, not familiar with these guys, they're between the age range of 18 and 21. Is that right? I'm 21. The rest of them are 20. Yeah. Except Michael, Michael is 18. 18. 18. Yeah. So, you know, these are some of the most mm, precarious young, people young in our society, young people who, the I doomers. guess, the doomers who, <laughs> you know, basically graduating out of school with Straight into death. Impl- yeah. impending climate yeah. apocalypse and... Um, <laughs> You know, no real ability and to... And a smile on their dials. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I will say this. They can definitely have a laugh in these grim, grim times. Gallows humour. In the grim, dark future Fuck of yeah. the 41st millennium, yeah. there is only one. I'm war. a leech, bruh. Thrive off blood. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't want to talk about leeches. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, Justin was attacked by two tiger leeches at Paluma. I will be editing this out of the podcast. <laughs> Tiger little leeches, n- is that what they're called? Tiger leeches. I think tiger that's what Dan Baker... Hash, uh, hashtag Dan Baker. Shout out to Dan Baker for filling, us, for filling us in about tiger leeches. Unless he's wrong. Anyways, he's really bottom line is shout out to Dan Baker. Yeah. And, but yeah, a leech attacked Justin. Two of them. Two, yeah. They pledged two. allegiance to my allegiance. blood. <laughs> and it was horrifying. I did not enjoy it at all. <laughs> Got right. some sick footage though. Yeah, we got some really sick footage. How do I get them off, bro? Just fucking roll them off. <laughs> roll them off. Flick them off, man. We don't have footage of that, sadly. <laughs> um, so that's the bad. So tour is postponed mm. indefinitely. Mm, yeah. Do you have anything else 
I guess not announcing, but any we, other dates you can say yeah, at this point about things. I don't know if we can say dates, but uh, don't say I, dates. Just maybe say generally what's coming. Yeah. Well, like we went up to Cairns with um, with Justin um, to record two EPs. Um, two. Two EPs. So EP uh, two and three are on the way. Um, we dropped the first single. From um, the second EP, our sophomore effort. Uh, sophomore yeah, sophomore. Effort. Can we say the name yet? Yeah, let's let's call is it. Is this a scoop? This is a scoop. This is a scoop, everybody. Somebody <laughs> play the scoop sound. Yeah, scoop sound here. Oh, wait, when, are, when is this podcast coming out? Uh, like Monday. Oh snap! Oh, okay, pretty soon. The okay. people want it. <laughs> Taylor, our Emails only listener, up, wants brother. it. Say shout out to Taylor. DMs shout out to Taylor. Up, bro. She's gonna get the inside scoop yeah, on yeah, uh, late Nov's sophomore EP. You want to say it? I don't want to yeah. say it. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> you can say it, and then if you have regrets, I can. I can, be like, I I can edit it out, but I'm not gonna do any editing on this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's called In Your Head Again. Um, we released uh, Never Ever, which is the uh, first single from that one. We got another single coming soon before the release. Um, I don't know if we're allowed to say dates yet. We might abstain from dates. One scoop. That's all we're getting today. Yeah, just one fairly soon. One yeah, scoop. Very of soon. Some, fairly some fairly soon. Keeping keep an eye on the sky because things are only going to get worse. Okay. That's from well, Skyrim. Where can people keep an eye on you well, guys? Um, where can they find Facebook, you? Instagram. We yeah. have a Twitter, but it's in, it's basically inactive. <laughs> I'm just on, Aiden using I'm it for Twitter. a couple of days. Every now and again. There are some banger memes on there. There's, Go to there's see some pretty good Ado, stuff. Ado, Ado, Our school principal liked it. I don't know if Denzel's up. put anything out yet. Cool. We'll so see. that Instagram handle is at late November band. L-A-T-E-N-O-V-E-M-B-E-R-B-A-N-D. So give him um, a follow. Uh, I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so yeah, but if, if um, and when, and when we announce dates, we'll definitely throw stuff on the Instagram and on yep. the Facebook. So Facebook page. So reliable. late November band. They've got about two thousand one hundred Facebook likes. I think. Yeah. Not about not right. about a flex. Just saying, like if there's more than one late November page, that's there probably the one is. I think there's a Romanian one. There's a Romanian late November. Yeah, check we, them out too. Yeah, They're check them all cool. out. Yeah, actually, check out any Romanian bands. Yeah, and people go yeah. to the library. Check out some Romanian books. Have a go at it. Anyway, yeah, we're the one. Shout with out, love uh, Nicolae Ceausescu. Shout out I to Romania. If my former boss listens to this he'll be like do not shout out Nikolai Chichesky <laughs> he's an evil man <laughs> he was no shout out um, so where can they listen to the new song um, uh, it's on Unearth Triple J Unearth yeah yeah climbing the ranks I can see here on Instagram their bio website is the link to the Triple J Unearth song that you can listen to I won't read it out that's because where it's it is really for long. now it'll be on on Spotify and everywhere fairly soon yeah, yeah. Um, um, can I play a snippet of it in this podcast yeah you sure can yeah, yeah go cool. for it. well it's yeah well it's already out alright so. well it's already out so let hear it. let's play a little bit of a snippet here now and then you can uh, go and listen to the whole thing at their Triple J on uh, page i 
sing that part of the of a different song <laughs> but i'll put you the actual you, part of the song genius. can you have this dialogue in the background of it yeah <laughs> wow that sounded so amazing that was never ever by late november <laughs> <laughs> that sounded so good well, well, this all is a pretty songs sound the same man who are we trying to fuck? they all actually sound with? really different i i've been fortunate enough to hear that both of the eps both in recording and in my dreams every night because they've been imprinted upon my <laughs> subconscious from hearing them so many times. And they're really good. They're they're very different. Um, like they're they're cohesive but pretty different um, across the board. Just That's in terms the dream, of dream, right? Thanks. Man. Yeah, like they work well together, but they're also yeah. We um, our music got labelled as uh, schizophrenic. <laughs> shout, shout, out out Mark Myers. shout out to Mark Myers. Oh, yeah. I thought I said that. I've real, just been for real. That shout already. out to Mark Myers. Yeah, though. Who's Mark? Because he's he, a legend. He Mark Myers, former, current member of the Middle East. Of the Middle East. Uh, Starry Field as well. Check record that out. Record producer. Spotify. Yeah, That's him. Starry Field. Starry amazing. Field. So Mark produced incredible record the album. producer. Yeah, and Big Sister Studios Big is Sister where we recorded Studios. with uh, Mark. Yeah, which um is. Undergoing renos or yeah, boom. re like not just reno, relocate, like relocate, yeah, completely, so, yeah. So no, we really shared a pretty incredible eight days, was it? Yeah, eight days. Eight days with Mark, and just the feedback was he was just Super always on with. it, always yeah. honest. Blunt. Such a silent workhorse as well. Yeah, and just yeah. but also just a gun, and really like, you just watch how quickly he. But it doesn't seem like he. would it's not like he doesn't care and he's just trying to rush over things. He's just like so fast in the, his thought process. It's like, yeah. yeah, you can see it. Like you can almost literally see it ticking in his head. Like, Sorry, Mark. I was just like staring at you while you were working. I think and we all were. It was, it was amazing. So yeah, shout out to Mark for real. Incredible man. Incredible artist. Music, yeah. 
Yeah, the Starry Field. They're on Spotify, Apple Music, all of that mm-hmm. good stuff. And his yeah, former band is definitely a band that was very influential to me as I was growing up. Just just personally, not really in the music that I, and I think wrote or played. I but think even Townsville. anybody coming yeah, up to Townsville is Townsville a musician. Maybe a lot of Australian the, bands the in band. general too, but like <laughs> definitely Queensland yeah, so the, projects. Like. The band, The Middle East. What was the... Blood was the EP? Is Blood, that right? N- uh, no, Blood was, was the like single. The, 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 the big oh, one. I was it I a single it was or was it just the song off the... I think I think it was just off the EP. Oh, off the... Um, of the album The I'll Darkest, darkest right now, Side The yeah. Darkest Side Is the, the album side. Yeah I'm sorry I'm if we not, get that I'm wrong. not sure yeah. <laughs> I haven't researched them enough To know how the song blew up All I know is, is like, I heard I it I think it was on the um, So I, was like, I remember incredible. How I heard it It was the iTunes free song of the week Because they used to Do like one free song a week yeah. Of Australian artists yep. Wow And that's probably how A lot of people like Outside of I suppose Gang of Youth's cover of it Was yeah. my like yeah. I'd, I'd always kind of heard it, cool. just other people play it, but then I heard Gang of Youth cover it, and I was like, you know, that's like a pretty, you know, because they're huge now, and they're, they're also, Gang of Youth are another big inspiration for me, and to hear them cover Middle East, yeah, made was me then go check out Middle East, and I was like, wow, th- these guys are so important, and yeah. they were from my town, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it was like a breath of fresh air I was and like, holy then, and shit then working like, with maybe we can do this you one know? of the members Mark, to yeah. record your own music yeah, like, like having that dna yeah. you know kind of in in your own music is yeah. pretty special yeah. as well. so they, they've um rebounded for a couple of shows recently like they played the sydney opera house that was like the first mm. one they go back together for i think and yeah. i caught them in brisbane which was phenomenal so so um emotional so good like I don't know just to like wow these guys are from and Townsville you like, talked about how like they played everything yeah almost they were like, entirely differently they, to the way it's recorded and that. yeah they, they said um, they said uh, if you want to listen to the songs how we recorded them go listen to the record but we're going to play them how we want to play them which That's was cool. which um made me think a lot and uh, about yeah. not giving people what they want <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a way <laughs> no, just about just like about how um like with with late night how it can be a bit more of an experience rather yeah, everything than everything can be like every show yeah like, like we can really personalize it just because yeah. we recorded you know the bass part like that or the keys part like that doesn't mean that it does it's like micro solid like, yeah you get kind of locked into this idea that you have to like i don't know kind of like pledge allegiance to mm, yeah. like the way you recorded it you I know s- yeah. whereas I, suppose, I yeah. oh, sorry. because I, I, you're, you're going to change as a person as as a cr- and as, as a musicians yeah. and yeah like I, I see like novice like an evolving thing like a all the songs to me like a an organism that's you know yeah has like one way of being presented i guess and then it's a living thing yeah yeah develop it breathes yeah i love it, that it, it grows breathes. that might be the episode name it breathes. Um, that that Middle East album is recordings of the Middle East. Blood is the song. Um, I don't know if I can play a snippet of that, but maybe I'll sneaky do mm, that try. as well. <laughs> yeah, that'd da, be cool. da, da. <laughs> um, we should never do that again. Yeah, <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. I like that. Like living and breathing. Mm. You know what's funny? Uh, I've um, there's a film that I just bought on special edition blu-ray it cost me like 35 dollars which i'm really excited to watch it yeah 
full millennial smashed Avo DVD Blu-ray <laughs> release. Um, this this <laughs> filmmaker Terence Malick. It's called The Tree of Life. It's apparently this really beautiful like story about a, a a family and a boy growing up, but it's also interspersed with this crazy imagery of like the universe being created and all of these like deep philosophical questions and things like that. And and when he filmed it, it was like he kind of wrote a script and then when they shot it he just kind of ignored the script and they just created these um scenarios with the actors and it was all done with natural light nearly all of it and they just kind of kept like just doing variations of the scene and just kind of like tried to see what organic moments they could create by creating the scenario and then having the actors and and the camera person like kind of like do this this dance almost in a way and that's kind of how i feel about the work that i make um mm. But the, the history of the edit is that he created an eight-hour edit. That was the first version. Like, the first version of the movie he made was eight hours long. Ridiculous. And, like, obviously, most people aren't going to watch that. But there are a lot of eight- and nine-hour movies that most people probably don't know about. Yeah, there's, like, miniseries and stuff. No, but I'm talking, like, one nine-hour one movie. Like, like, for real? Yeah, like, uh, there's... For real? San, uh, Sa- Satan Tango or Santan Tango. Satan um, Tango. It's a Hungarian film about... Poverty and depression. I think in uh, like post-communist Poland, there's um, Shoah, which is about the well, these like uh, the Holocaust. There's a kind of a yeah. trend here that like yeah, but these are like really oppression type scenarios. Were they were they like in cinemas? Like, could you go to a theater I showing? And I don't know about or that. Were they just like sold? And I then don't. You take them I home? don't know about something like Shoah or. or that like I don't know if they were in cinema, but they weren't miniseries. They were like created yeah. as a nine-hour film. That's incredible. And, and so to release this film, he had to cut it down. So I think the cut he created was about uh, two hours long, which is yeah. you know not too long for a movie, but probably as long as most people want to watch. Yeah. I think anything over that is probably like yeah. you're a real film, you know, fan to oh, watch love that kind Lord of, of the thing. Rings. Yeah, yeah, you love just like a 30-minute scene of like Frodo and Sam watching elves walk along in the forest and being like, wow, they're so beautiful. Careful what you fucking say, bud. <laughs> I, I love that too. Don't get fucking drop you, dog. Um, nah. the, point, the point I'm trying to make is that he created that version and it did really well and then he went on to continue to talk about how he was still working on like a six-hour version that he was going to release and it never really eventuated because he had a bunch of other projects. Yeah. This is Terrence Malick, the director. But um, when Criterion Collection, to come back to that, contacted him and said, hey, we want to release a new version of Tree of Life, you know, like a special edition, can we work together? And he was like, yep, um, what I want to do is I want to create a version where when people watch it, the Blu-ray player will randomize all of the scenes. So that every time you watch it, it will be a completely new experience. And That's like wow. they worked on that and it didn't pan out because Blu-ray players are like the shittiest technology <laughs> in the world. It goes like in terms of worst technology, it's like printers, printers, and then Blu-ray players. <laughs> and then everything else it's is It's so interesting usable. that it's meant to be the high-end cinema viewing device. Oh, Blu-ray is a farce, but we won't go into that because I kind of <laughs> love it. But um, so they created... They threw that idea out the window and they created a new three-hour version. But it was amazing to still see that, like, he created this film in 2011, I think it was, and here we are, you know, nine years later, 
oh, sorry, seven years later when they released Special Edition, and he's like, yeah, there's a new film here. I need to create a new film because he's looking at it differently. Like, he is thinking of the possibilities of how it can be. Yeah. And I think, like, there is something to be said by just, like, finishing a project, but there's no reason, like you said, that you can't... Expand on it. Yeah, expand on it. And and especially in music, like, you get this whole opportunity to... Every night you could change how you play a song. And I feel like as an alternative, you know, indie band, quote-unquote, you can... We... I feel like we're, we're like a little bit blessed with that sort of freedom that I feel like a lot of pop musicians and massive musicians, like some of them can't take that risk because, you know, they lose like livelihood. Like, you know, if, if Brendan Urie goes up and sings, he doesn't sing All Right Sins, Not Tragedies in the correct way. You know, he'll get like, there'll be papers and shit. They'll be like, yeah. oh, you know, his do, singer uh, loses it on stage I and do can't wish sing that his that own shit. But like if, you know, an indie project does it, we're kind of praised a little bit. It's like, wow, that was really cool how they, you know? Mm, yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's a bit and of a blessing. I, I see like, um, I think this is something that you said to me, Justin. Um, I was talking to you about our first EP, which like to take it right back, like, you like still like growing through that and stuff like you know that that's yeah i think you said to me it's kind of just a snapshot of where we were mm. and like you know we not that we hadn't finished maturing as musicians because i don't know if you ever do but like we were at a quite a young stage in like our really our journey as a started. band and stuff right. yeah. um and i feel first like that time might, ever recording right? yeah first time yeah. in a studio and I'd only really just learned guitar properly. Yeah, like, yeah. No, not properly because, again, like you keep learning forever. But I'd only really like... Gotten comfortable and stuff. I only like, just started getting comfortable with it. Like, yeah. Cody was still teaching me chords. While, it, during the recording process, Cody was like, no, I'd play it like this. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, uh, yeah, you said that that's just a snapshot of what we were. And I'm like, well, why aren't the songs just a snapshot of where they were? Mm. then you know like there's no reason that they can't be developing with us you know we are them and they are us like it's pretty cool but yeah it also again like i feel like there's also context for it like for sure yeah you can't just you know change it every single time like it's like you can't yeah you can't just oh this is a reggae song now i don't know like this song now is like oh some bands can do there's obviously there's obviously like a in to bring it back to like the commercial context like there's obviously like a certain limit of change and morphing before that before that people won't accept familiar yeah, yeah people yeah. will be like i don't want to listen to this version of yeah. like rufus's um what's that song in a rufus yeah what in a bloom yeah, in a in a balloon. Oh, I think I just got two artists confused. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to listen to the acoustic version. I don't want to listen to the acoustic version of um, in a bloom with singing by um, the gorillas. You know, like <laughs> yeah. like that's like that's not the art that people recognize. But I don't know. Like I think just push it, push it to the limits, and see. And there are probably lots of people who probably at the expense of not having a commercial career just will continue to do that stuff yeah. you know mm, yeah i saw um joji did a really cool performance at reddings i think reading cinema reading cinema in cannon park townsville 
That's where I saw Joji do this performance. I was going to bring up Joji, but but you just did it organically, um, so that's good. uh, Joji, like, he he sang, uh, fuck that, I don't want a friend, I'll run my, what's that song called? The uh, Slow Dancing in the Dark. Oh, yeah. He, He sang it acoustically with, he sang it acoustically with, piano accompaniment the whole way through first and then like he finished the song and everyone was clapping and then like the actual track kicked in yeah, and he yeah. played it again but like as the album yeah as you would hear it on the album and i was like oh that that's fucking dope like he was like he just kind of was the best of both worlds there because yeah. he like gave them this amazing like performance this heartfelt like soulful rendition and, and then you know the bass kicked in and everyone just went fucking nuts and, and like, if that's right you know yeah. that to me like you know that that's artistry right there that's like he he took a risk mm, yeah and then also gave the people what they want because like the, there's like two schools of thought like with things like that like you know you could think of it a bit more like we're, about like, like we're, we're playing the same song twice what's yeah. the point that's yeah, that's yeah. kind of that's kind of overkill like we may as well just play it the way that people want to hear it but, yeah, but he was then like, you've no. also got like the train of thought where it's like well this is the experience and then you know that's like the tension the release is us yeah. like kicking into like, like you oh see, shit you just this is it him, like, you draw them all in like, yeah 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 especially doing like just like just an acoustic thing like probably the most unexpected thing if you played a version of a song you're like oh they played the song yeah. and then oh, you go and play cool. then you go and play the like hyped up yeah, version of like, the song yeah, yeah. that's go gotta be the, the best original. feeling oh fuck yeah. he's playing the original yeah, yeah. yeah that's gotta be the best thing. but now we can never do it again yeah <laughs> because it's yeah. been done unless no, um, he did it for that you circuit, know what's interesting is, and like I, I forgot about this because it was like 2000 and, uh, 2010 or 11 or something like that but whenever Jay-Z and Kanye West released that double duo album the Watch the Throne and there's that really popular song of it N-Words I won't say the N-Word <laughs> N-Words in Paris when they would play shows together they would play that song like nine yeah, times in a row. Yeah, for me to request that <laughs> song. <laughs> it is pretty funny. Like, yeah. hey, I want to. What that? song do you want to play? Yeah. How did they announce it on Triple J when they did it in the Hottest like, One Hundred? Paris. They probably just say Paris. They probably right? just said yeah. Paris. Paris, yeah. man. But yeah, they would play that song. I think the most they did was thirteen times in a row. That's ridiculous. Like you imagine going to a concert and they play that last, and then you, they just play it thirteen That's like times. Like like iconic for Kanye though. It's like yeah. you want to come to my show. It, I actually I'm I, gonna play this thirteen. Times I, I actually f- listen to forgot it. about this too. But in twenty twelve, in January, one of the last big day outs, the only one I ever went to, Kanye played, and there was rain, and he had some like epic stage production with like cranes swinging him around and stuff like that and he came out i think he came out 45 minutes late but it may have been 90 minutes late and like no one left everyone's just standing as the rain's like clearing away and everyone's kind of like what is happening like is this even happening and then like the like i've got goosebumps right now but just like i don't even remember the song i think it might have been um all of the lights just started playing yeah or it was no it was the it was the intro song i think but it, it was like some kind of Strings instrumental thing. Yeah. And then like that came in and he like just yeah. somehow yeah, was in the middle of the crowd all of a sudden. <laughs> and he, and he, so he plays all the of the lights and when it, actually. when it gets to like the, the first like sort of like hard cut in the first verse and it's like Michael Jackson, you know, MJ gone, our N word dead, like 
it, it has like this hard cut and it's really like impactful line. And after that, he just stopped and he was like, nah, 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 that wasn't, that wasn't good enough. We're doing that again. Everybody, when I say MJ gone and like the the whole crowd just went wild, like he just started the song again yeah, yeah. and it was like, I, I assume he was going to do it anyway, but it was like mm. from that point, like no one remembered that they waited 90 minutes for this guy to come on stage. Yeah. It was just from there on out, just the best thing that yeah. I'd ever seen. It was like people naked, yeah. like crowd surfing. Yeah, it was that's so, so loud. Uh, and I was like 17 at the time. I was just like, this is this is my king, you know? Like, <laughs> That's pretty cool. And then he lost his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Married the Kardashians. Oh, Kanye. Oh. Kanye. All right. Well, we've been going for about an hour. Um, that's that a go team. Yeah, that's a fucking enough, man. Yeah, that's enough. Gee, I would like to keep going, but... The people Next need time. to pay more if they want to hear more. <laughs> Cough so up, dogs. We'll do a bit of a wrap up. That's <laughs> 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 the that's the s- nice segue. Um, you can support the show on <laughs> Patreon. I'll put the link in the show notes at www.patreon.com/slash Justin Reed. That's J U S T I N R E I D. There's some cool benefits you get for signing up. There's a few different tiers, so you know all your support is much appreciated. And uh, the other really exciting part that, uh, about the platform that I'm using, Anchor, and this is not a sponsored post, but, you know, the platform is really awesome. It's free to get started. Uh, I think you don't ever pay anything. They make their money from sort of sponsorship cuts and, like, organizing advertising and things like that. Uh, you can actually leave voice messages for the show. So I'll leave that in the show notes as well. But if you go to anchor.fm that's a-n-c-h-o-r.fm slash 7213 slash message and it's really cool you can send me a quick uh, voice message you know questions uh, any feedback any you know words of support or wisdom or you know if there's something you really want me to talk about or someone you'd like me to reach out to to interview let me know Um, it's really exciting and I can add your voice messages to the show which is really cool so you know, if you're afraid of hearing your own voice on a podcast or, you know, you really want to hear it, well, either way, I'm going to put you in the show. So too bad. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, guys, do you have any words of wisdom before we head out? Any messages to the people out there in these trying times or any anything else you want to plug or just, uh, you know, shout out to? I don't know if anyone heard my phone go off then. Shout but out my to first word of wisdom is turn your phone off when you've you know recording a <laughs> podcast. It's all right. We're no, using um, dynamic microphones; they don't pick up too much background noise. I, I think, um, especially in like the current situation with the whole coronavirus thing, and I think my advice is always look for more opportunities when you know you feel like certain opportunities have been cut off like don't just like this is going to sound super cliche like don't just give up and be like oh well you know i was going to do that but now this has happened and just always look for the silver yeah, lining strive make yeah, it yeah, make yeah. an effort to not even not make even make an effort to you know problem solve yeah. you know not even the silver lining because a lot of like, a lot of people will be trying to problem solve right yeah, now everyone's trying to problem solve and i like to give some context like i'm really politically engaged at least on the level of like being aware of what's going on in the world and particularly in sort of america which i see as a 
as a bellwether for the rest of the world because their economy pretty much just affects everyone. I've seen things that, you know, cost me $150 in America three days ago now cost me $180 in America. Yeah. The same product suddenly is costing me more money. And, yeah. you know, these, these times are going to affect everyone. And I know that not everyone knows where to find information or what to do. And especially if you're someone like me, like I work for myself. I, if I don't have any gigs coming in, I don't have any income. And I've been thinking about this for at least the last sort of six months prior to this. I didn't, I've been trying to sort of set up and prepare for it. I didn't think it would come so soon, you know, trying to diversify what I do and offer different services. Um, So I know, I know how challenging it is. And I'd just say, um, reach out to me, you know, uh, send me an email, send me a message, leave a message on the, you know, on the anchor um, service, whatever it is, if you're unsure, I'm not going to say I have the answers, but I am, I kind of have a bit of an idea of, you know, not what will happen, but I, I do understand and I'm, I'm here for you guys. And that's part of the reason why I'm even starting this thing to begin with is just to, especially to have some kind of like voice of, um, you know, reality and, and I'm, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not going to pretend that like it will be okay or that we can, uh, this will calm you down in any way, but it may, it may help. And I think only by, you know, having solidarity with each other and, and sharing with each other and reaching out, can we have any type of, um, you know, positive way out of this? Because a lot of my friends are young and they don't have any experience with these kind of things. I've never been through any type of like economic recession that I've, you know, really noticed because I was too young at the time. So just, yeah, reach out, get in touch. I'm here for you guys, whatever you need. I don't care. It's not all about money. It's about helping people. If we can support each other financially, that's great. But any other way as well, it's very important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can vouch for that. Oh, yeah. And um, just keep pushing too. Like if you're an artist or whatever, like create in whatever means that you can create or plan in whatever means you can plan. Like Ask people for money. Yeah, ask people. Yeah. In terms of like, put your art out there and put a price tag on it. Yeah. Ask. Just reach out to your friends. Like, uh, it's hard, but I, I'm at the point where I'm going to say, "Hey, what would you pay for this? What would you pay for this? Any way I can get something coming in, you know, like the Patreon to support the show? Because you'll find a lot more people, you know, will contribute and care a lot more. If people know how they can help you and where they can help you, it's much easier for them. So, set up a Patreon or yeah, exactly. or something like that. You know, yeah, for sure. Whatever it is, like, uh, it, it's it's impossible that we can like Patreon our way out of this problem. <laughs> but again, like, it's just it's just having some kind of like some some kind of plan in place. You know, yeah. And, and looking, like you said, at what the opportunities are. Like, if you don't know what your career career is going to be, if you're a gig worker like me, well, let's um let's put our heads together and figure out what we can do together. Yeah, and it's just going to be a spanner in the works for everyone. So yeah reach out we're all on the same page yeah we're all in the same boat check on everyone and in one help help create new new stuff you know and don't let this stop you if it gets to such a point and i'll i'll put the flag down now if it gets to such a point that like this economic situation is worse than what happened in the great depression which i'm sure 
most of my listeners have no clue what happened and worse than what happened in 2008. And I say that because I barely have any idea what happened, but I know it was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> we we will all be in a situation where we, again, not to be like scary, but we won't be able to pay our rent. We won't be able to pay our car bills. We won't be able to, you know, afford the things that we need to live. And at that point, we'll be taking to the streets in a revolution because that's the only way <laughs> out of this. And like, it's a joke, so but it's is, like, this is our call. This is arms. our call. <laughs> this is our call to arms, comrades, fellow Soviets. <laughs> joining us. We're going to leave it there. We're going to leave it there. I'm, I'm not even joking. It's a revolution. It's coming. It's coming. Leitnov, jreed.io. Well, I don't know. Rest in peace, Justinreed.tv on Instagram and Justin Reed Film. And my website is going to be pulled down soon because I'm replacing it with a new one. Yeah. So stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Big Check out the boys on yeah, Instagram, Spotify. Uh, late November band on. We've already plugged it. Let's late November let's band again. on Instagram yeah. at yeah. Late November band. That's Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere you get. Is there any way music. they can buy your stuff? Not right now. Um, not at the moment. But um, not at the moment. I'll send. But I'll send. We're on. Oh no, wait, we're on iTunes. The we are on iTunes. iTunes. The breeze is on iTunes. Oh, yeah, sick. First yeah. EP is on iTunes. Well, Go to iTunes. Most likely set set up a band camp. Soon, which may be a bit more yep. beneficial. I'll update you guys with yeah. links and stuff. And yeah. I think this conversation went really well. So I feel like I'm going to run out of people to interview in three weeks. So these guys will be back in a month. So. <laughs> <laughs> if we're not dead. <laughs> <laughs> in the street. Even if we are dead. Still interviewing you. Do not pass go. All right. Do not collect $200. <laughs> Just shaking it. Anyway, this got dark real quick. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's, let's, Thanks, let's, folks. let's wrap let's this wrap up, up before I we'll spiral. wrap it up. Yeah, we're going to spiral from here. We'll keep chatting. But uh, thanks for listening to 7213. Uh, really appreciate you tuning in. Like I said in the prologue episode, this will more than likely be a fortnightly podcast. But if, you know, things change a lot and I don't have... Uh, too many other projects on my hand this might become more frequently maybe we could get to a daily podcast and it will just be me sort of like yeah. in the streets live streaming <laughs> it'll be it'll be really like <laughs> running um, around screaming. it'll be like france like real some real yellow vest action <laughs> did you guys see the firefighters like fighting the police because the police were trying to stop the protesters but the firefighters weren't being paid enough so the firefighters went on strike and they started just like beating the shit out of the police <laughs> what? that is no, I, I missed that that is amazing definitely anyway, missed that everyone look out for each other look out for France I'm worried about them <laughs> <laughs> um, take care of yourselves Italy. and I'll chat to you soon bye 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 love you love you love you bye love you bye, bye.